Blog Talk Radio. Bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you. This may not be the show for you, but kind of hoping it is because I got a great guest tonight. Anyway, <laughs> Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. She is still selling those amazing 2021 house blessing ornaments. And if you need those shipped overseas, check out theconjurepath.com. Go to the bottom of their webpage, and they will tell you how to ship Dorothy's ornaments overseas. All right. <laughs> Here she is, author, beautiful woman, mistress of teas, the incredible Amy Blackthorn. Hey, Amy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Happy Friday. It's so delightful to speak with you. How have you been? I haven't talked to you in what seems like forever. I know it's just a few months though. I know. It's things are great. I am um, I'm getting a lot done on some new projects, hint hint. And um just yeah. trying to stay in the house as much as possible. This new strain is really kind of scary, so I'm making sure I'm being responsible. And staying home. Yeah, you know, every time I think we're getting close to an actual solution, they throw me a fucking curveball. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so it wasn't bad enough that we had the COVID situation. Now we've got the COVID situation 2.0. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is what we're doing. So apparently there was a strain that was going around and then – it mutate. They noticed it mutating in England first, I think. But of course, if it's anywhere, you know it's in the good old U.S. of A. So, yeah, uh, I'm of kind course. of freaked out. And as a matter of fact, I found out that um, I was in the same room as someone who has it, but not close enough for contact to have occurred. However, we're all watching each other like hawks. I mean, if anybody rubs their nose, if anybody sneezes. If anybody looks like anything, we're all like, you okay? Everything all right? <laughs> Sign of the girl's you know, teammate. We're all, yeah, we're all paranoid. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. So, yeah, thank you for being one of the people that actually stays home because I think people are like, you know, a lot of us are trying to just live our lives. We've got to get groceries, blah, 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 blah and do all these other things. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and I've got to say, I appreciate that people have stuff they have to do on the outside because, you know, finances or whatever. And I appreciate that. So I try very hard to keep myself out of the mix as much as possible and have as much just delivered. Um, yeah. Cause I'm terrified. <laughs> you know, it's kind of scary. Like you said, so what's been going on in your world since the last time we spoke? I know you created a new tea, or teas, I should say, and you're doing <laughs> candles. I mean, you're, you're really, you're getting your hand in everything. So talk to me about that. What have you been doing? Well, I keep finding new projects to keep myself busy. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good-sized house, so I have little nooks and crannies all over the place. Uh, so <laughs> my... Spell candle bins are all full. Um, one of my few trips out in the world, I ran to Ikea and got two or three more storage units so I can have <laughs> tea, I can have candles, I can have a little bit of everything. Um, my new project this week is I'm finally 
jumping off the cliff of um, working with resin. I, I've been a oh. woodworker for 25 years, and I keep seeing these gorgeous, gorgeous videos on YouTube of people doing spectacular things with live-edged wood and resin, and I just want all of it in my face right now. <laughs> Um, wow! Rings, make it, I want I want to jump in and just redo the the kitchen table as a giant slab of wide edged wood with some beautiful resin in it. Um, oh. I need to. I'm I'm doing little baby steps, unlike my my normal jump in with both feet without looking. Uh, so I'm starting with rings, and I got a a cute book from uh, one of the the shops online that sells. It's the neatest little thing. It looks like a light bulb, but it turns into a little lamp. You fill the light bulb mold with whatever paraphernalia you want, dried flowers. I'm going to play with crystals and stones that are too small to be used in something, but too big to put in oil bottles. So I'm going to make a tiny lamp out of this gorgeous resin and crystals, and I'm going to play with it. (laughs) So will all of that be available on blackthornsbotanicals.com? Yes, I, I the project I, I needed some outlet, but this means that I can I can sell neat fun things to play with once they're saleable. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, all right, so you're branching into other things. Tell folks about the other stuff you've created, the teas and whatnot, because you've you've done some new stuff since the last time we spoke, and you've you've put out candles. So remind folks about all your great products that are currently available, please. Oh, my goodness. My favorite right now is the gravy train candle. It smells like um, a Mediterranean garden in the summer. It's got a tomato leaf top note with some lemon and some uh, garden sage and some lavender. And so I'm over the moon at how gorgeous they smell. Um, But the big Mm. seller this week is the Big Bad Be Gone candle. It's a it's a banishing, it's a cleansing, it's a just GTFO uh, candle. Uh, cleansing of people <laughs> and places. Sandalwood, vanilla, lavender, and cedar. Oh, my God. <laughs> but they're fabulous because all no. of the cell candles have matching teas. So you can have, have a little sip, have a little candle. It's a ritual in a box. Oh, I love that. Oh, that sounds really good. I, you know, I love candles, and um, I'm really partial and picky. And oh my God, you are just the person to create the stuff I like. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> definitely check out the website blackthornsbotanicals.com for an an amazing array of teas, which is like one of the reasons I fell in love with this woman in the first place. Um, but she's also an amazing writer, and now she's got candles, and there are more things coming, which I find killer. So you've got a bunch of books out already, and mm-hmm. you're working on or getting ready to release a new one. Let's get into that. Oh, my goodness. So I've spent the last 15 years in executive protection and private security, um, but before that, I I had some I had some issues growing up, so I spent a lot of time and a lot of energy making it so that I was a difficult target, we'll say. Uh-huh. Um, so I I went and I, I went all the way to black belt in uh, a couple of martial arts. I, I spent some time doing uh, training with different tools, different uh, martial arts weapons, and just making me hard to mess with. <laughs> uh, but the yeah. thing is, is that, so I've always felt like I had to split myself into two pieces. There was the pagan Amy and then there was work Amy. And it was very hard. Um, I worked in, uh, I was the head of security for two high rises here in Delaware for a bit. And I was very in the closet. It was the first time I had actually gone uh-huh. back into the closet since I came out when I was 15. And it was yeah. it was difficult. It was soul sucking. I was miserable, um, and I was so careful about discussing anything outside of work that someone decided to 
investigate me. Wow. See if there's anything worth hiding. And so I come into work the next morning at 5 a.m. No one should have to be alive at 5 o'clock in the morning, much less in your desk at work at 5 a.m. So I walk in, and this guy says, oh, so you're a witch, huh? I turn white as a sheet. My my mouth gapes. I'm like, okay, who does he know? Who has he talked to? Because as you can imagine, Delaware is a pretty small state. Like, who did this guy run into who knows me? from both people, you know. He right. thinks it's, it's funny as hell. He, of course, he's got to run and tell the entire building that Amy's a witch. That didn't know me, didn't, did not do me any favors. I was the head of sure. security, so you're supposed to be very staid and very regulated. And uh, now all they could see was, ha-ha, she's the chick who thinks she could do spells. Um, it, was, it was difficult. But now I get the opportunity to blend both of those pieces of myself into one book, and I never thought I'd get this opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. Security, protection, those are very, very conservative um, fields. And as you can imagine, Uh, it's a bunch of ex-military guys patting each other on the back. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, being a woman in the field is hard enough, but now them knowing you aren't part of the club and now you really are mm-hmm. part of the club. So yeah, that must be really scary. It's, yeah. It is. Um, I've, I've, I've had to defend my life in, in real actual people space. It's, it's a scary thing, mm-hmm. but I was able to do something I never thought I'd be able to do. And I'm putting those two things together and, uh, Wiser will be releasing uh, Blackthorn's Protection Magic, a Green Witch's Guide to Self-Defense in um, probably February, oh. January, February 2021. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm the former private investigator with the state of New York. Obviously yeah. not under not under my public name, but under my original name. And um mm-hmm. So this has a lot of me. What you're doing has a lot of meaning for me personally, um, and especially now with the current climate of of things the way they are, um, I find it even more intimidating for people to know who I am. So mm-hmm. it is. It, this is probably the perfect time for this to be released. Um, because I will tell you, it has occurred to me that even though I live in a nice big liberal area of a very, you know, liberal city, I still live in a red state and some people are fucking nuts. <laughs> As we see really on are. TV. Yeah, so I would find um, uh, more effective ways of protecting myself probably a really good idea right about now, as I think some of our mm-hmm. brethren would also feel so i mean when you say combining them are they uh protection spells are they protection actions can you give me a little bit more info on that i love you uh it's both so it's protective (laughs) actions it's i've divided up into three sections a mind a body and a spirit section so the mind has things like psychic protection um overcoming toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing um, understanding okay. and dealing with um, complex PTSD, the things that lead us to where we are right now. But then mm-hmm. the middle the middle section, the meat, my favorite part is the physical. So you have protecting your home. You have gardening for protection. Things like yeah, holly is a fantastic protection plant. You know, it's supposed to protect your house from lightning but it will also protect nope. your house from burglars because no one, literally no one, wants to get cozy with a holly tree. Uh, if you've ever walked around <laughs> your, your yard barefoot with a holly tree, you know what I'm talking about. They are prickly. It's painful. They've got thorns. They will break off in your skin. Nobody wants to hang with a holly tree. Very oh. Yeah. But then my cool. favorite chapter will be the, the personal security portion that talks about uh, hand-to-hand combat, whether or not to, you you should think about taking classes how to use firearms. What about defensive tools? Uh, one of those 
Mm-hmm. One of my my favorite things to to complain about this week is those little kitty cat keychains um, that get pawned off on women to say, "Oh, look, you can defend yourself. It's got points." Okay, but if you just walk whale on somebody with this one, your state usually probably considers it brass knuckles and you can be arrested. And two, it's a oh. very easy way to break your fingers. And then what are you going to fight back with? If your hands are broken, how are you going to defend yourself? Yeah. Hold still while I kick you. You're not. No, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Oh, my. I didn't even know about these little kitty cat keychain things. This is the first time hearing about it. I, I'm not enlightened on what's being pawned off as <laughs> defense mechanism. But, you know, can you talk we, to me a little bit about – the, the mind stuff, because for me, toxic positivity is a new term, and I need to understand what it means. What we're talking I don't about think I here, what it means. think about three quarters of the witchy groups on Facebook that you encounter, that you see scrolling by. Facebook wants you to join this group because it's super great and has 9 million people on it, and they get 13,000 posts a day. And the first rule is good vibes only. Like 37 exclamation <laughs> points. You can't right. have any real discussions. You can't have any genuine conversations. And God forbid you talk about hexing someone because they will pee their pants and be really mad at you. <laughs> yeah. That is toxic positivity. You're lording your spiritual bypassing over someone else to the point where you can't even think about having a negative opinion of your very own because that's not allowed here. Oh, So toxic positivity is such a pain. Okay, Okay, so let me see if I understand. So toxic positivity is we're all love and light and that's all we should ever be. Right. Okay. You can't have any human emotions. I guess that. Be a vulnerable, actual person. We just have to pretend that nothing bad ever happens in the world. And, and if we just think nice thoughts at people, they'll just love us in return and nothing bad will ever happen to us. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, sure I love that there are people who feel that way, that they're, that the world is a nice place and that nothing bad will ever happen to them. I'm very happy that they've lived to the point where they can have this feeling about the world. Like high five, I I want I want some of that, but I don't. Right. I, I was I was chatting with friends today. Like I was ten years old, writing my will to leave all my books to my favorite librarian and my favorite teddy bear. At ten wow. years old. Wow. That is the world that That's... I lived in. Mm-hmm. I knew That's at any scary. point. Any day, any minute, there is absolutely nothing keeping me on this planet other than sheer stubbornness. So right. I, I don't, I never had that opportunity. So God bless you if you, if you, if you do and you can, and you, that's the way you feel like high five. Give you, I'll give you an elbow or something. Mhm. But I don't, I can't, and I haven't. Um, I've, I've lived such a, an interesting. Well, I will, I will say it. it's an interesting life. But when we look at how people in our own communities are treated, it's astonishing that more people don't recognize the actual danger we are in just by being a member of a minority religion. I live yeah, in a blue state, and, mm-hmm. I, and I have most of my life, but that doesn't mean that I haven't been threatened with rape and murder. I had mm-hmm. I've had a guy try run me off the road into oncoming traffic because I had a witchy bumper sticker on my car screaming like a lunatic yeah. out the window. Wow. Um, I, I could I could list for an hour the the threats that have personally encountered just by because someone found out I was a witch. And so I Yeah, I mean the world is not a kind place. I don't understand why people think it is. You know, we're not safe. You know, I and I know that the the misnomer is we live in a free country. Not really. 
<laughs> certain things, okay, maybe that's the perception. But the fact of the matter is freedom of religion is freedom of religion if you're a member of the Judeo-Christian tribes for the most part. And Buddhists get a pass, it seems, because most of them are supposed to be practicing a somewhat peaceful path. But that does not, it doesn't extend to our Muslim brethren. It doesn't extend to anybody that's not in the, from my view, my view, the white Christian male approach to life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I find it to be a frightening world for our kind. The number of people who feel that if you don't have a white picket fence and 2.3 children and a dog, like that you're a threat to them is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea why this is so threatening. I, I really don't understand it, and I probably never will. Um, yeah. But that's how they behave, and it's mm-hmm. terrifying. I mean, I guess if we understood them, that would make us. It would mean that we were partly like them. So I, I guess I understand it from that point of view. But I was, I was raised and was, and you know grew up anti-gun. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know why people needed them. I didn't think that I would ever touch one. I had no interest. Um, I lost yeah. a. I lost an uncle to um, a firearm-related incident, and I and I blamed mm. the tool that was utilized in ending his life, and not sure. the person responsible. Mm-hmm. When I yeah, my my dearest friend in the in the in the whole world um, went away to the military, came home, and when 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 he came home. He brought a fire. He bought a firearm for protecting the house, and said, "Look, I I love having you here at the house. That's fabulous, but there is a firearm here, and I want to make sure that you can be safe if you're around. If there's if it's if it's available, if it's near, if it's out, I want to know that you're safe and that you're not a danger to yourself or anyone else." So we went to the range mm-hmm. and learned how to shoot. I didn't think that's something that I would ever enjoy. But I really did. <laughs> it was it was a great yeah. relief, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I felt empowered, and it it was fun. Uh, it's a it's a fun thing to go and shoot paper, and honestly, I figured that's the only thing that would ever be, which is fun to shoot paper. I never saw myself being someone who carried a firearm. I didn't think I'd ever need to. Right. Uh, right. But after uh, dealing with a, a, a this is content warning. Um, after dealing with a convicted serial rapist who wanted to kidnap, rape, and murder me, like he made it very clear that this is his plan in life, his goal in life. Even after going through all the legal channels, even after getting him arrested and making sure that I did the right things, I mean, the, the courts gave him a year probation. He admitted to the judge that he was attempting to carry out a plan to kidnap, rape, and murder me. He was arrested with chloroform wow. in his car and a kit. He was going to throw me in a, in a motorhome and drag me down to the beach where no one could hear me scream. Like, this is not the the love and light hour. <laughs> so I knew that I right. needed to be able to protect myself. When, I, when he sure. got off of probation, he got a job at my grocery store. So I, Holy shit. being able to, yes. Yes, very, very, whew. So I needed to be able to, to get to the point where not only was I comfortable protecting myself because I wasn't going to have an armed escort everywhere I go, like, you know, Susie yeah. Hollywood star. It's just I don't have that opportunity available, and I didn't want to be reliant on someone else for my protection. Right. Wow. So I'm it's funny so sorry you're – you've been dealing with this. I mean, that's, it's mind numbing what people, what women go through, what witches and women go through, what people go through in general. But, you know, when you hear something like that, I start wondering if maybe we're not taking our own protection seriously enough. You know, I mean, I do been raped and assaulted multiple times um 
in situations that I never dreamed I would be in. Um, and I wonder, you know, am I doing enough to protect myself? And I wonder about, you know, the folks who it hasn't happened to. And I just wonder if we are taking our own protection seriously enough. Because I don't know if we do. I don't think we do. I mean, I've been I've been doing this for, you know, public for 25 years and in private for almost, you know, 30 years. I really don't think yeah. we take the, the level of seriousness that we should. My very first coven when I joined 18, when I uh, turned 18 and I joined the coven, my, so we had, everybody had a little job. Everybody's going to teach something. Everyone's going to learn something. My high priestess asked me, like, look, you're, you're a black belt. Teach us one self-defense move every month when we get together. Okay, that's fine. Right. But when I moved to uh, firearms, there was a huge pushback from people in my, in my personal life who were like, how could you even think about using a firearm? They're, they're the devil. They're evil. And it's like, I understand how, how you feel. I mean, I, I, I was there. I, my uncle, one, one was assassinated. One was uh, shot in the head. Like, this is, this is the world. Yeah, it, it's funny. We have this idea in in our country that if you own a firearm, you must be conservative, and it's really not the case. There's there's so many more liberal folks, especially in the last four years. Let's be real, who have said this is insane. I need to be able to protect my family. Um, sure. A, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, sent me a meme that said it's just a it's just a, a photo of a pile of guns, <laughs> and it says. Liberals have firearms too. We just don't masturbate in public about them. <laughs> I saw that. It's so true, though, right? I mean, seriously, what? I mean, we we don't have to just because we don't proudly display them and talk about them like they're a phallus. It doesn't mean that we don't recognize the use of such a tool or the need for such right. a tool. I mean, I think. I, you know, it's funny because I just had this conversation with a friend of mine literally three hours ago about <laughs> their um, desire to get a firearm as well. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and we talked about the fact that, you know, our friends on Facebook might be really kind of put off, upset, judgy, or have any number of thoughts about such a thing. And I'm like, well, first of all, folks don't need to have an opinion about everything. They just don't, you know. Um, but quite frankly, I absolutely see the need of such a thing. If if you will feel more comfortable having something to protect yourself, the classes, and do the right thing and learn how to use it so you don't injure yourself or somebody unintentionally. But, you know, mm-hmm. we still have a right to protect ourselves, don't we? We really do. It's it was never about myself. I was always worried about the next person. You know, the next mm-hmm. person this guy assaults, the next person that guy robs. I mean, it's, I'm always worried. It's easier to to really couch it in the the next person, but no mm-hmm. one gets to take me away either. Right. I certainly. Not. I am worth protecting. Mm-hmm. Do you think we have problems with recognizing the fact that we're worth protecting? Because I think that's I part of it. Absolutely do. I really. What I, is I would, that? <laughs> what is what is wrong with us that we feel like? I don't get the mindset where we feel less than. Is it because we're women? Is it because we're witches that are women? Is it what is it? Are you finding a pattern here? I think it's that we've been programmed more or less since birth to say that everybody else is more important. You're supposed to grow up and have kids and devote your life to, to having children and their, their happiness comes first and everyone else is first. Uh, you can't, you know, they always tell you when you get on the plane, if your air masks drop down, you got to put yours on before you help somebody else. Right. I, we get to be important too. And the, the number one thing that always gets said to me by someone who's, doesn't understand what my my point is that 
well, well, the reed says harm none. Okay, but I'm also part of that. I, you know, no one gets to hurt me. <laughs> I'm not just running around right. willy-nilly punching people in the nose for giving me the finger. Like, it's it's not somebody cuts you off in traffic and you shoot them. That's not how it works <laughs> in the in the in the real world, I guess. It's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. I, it's interesting because I learned that from Dorothy because Dorothy's like, Hard none means hard none means you too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I love know, her so much. People, I do, me too. And I, she was like, yeah, you, that, that includes you. You're a person. You're you're one of the none. That's right. I'm one of the, okay. So harm none means harm, not harm yourself either. Which, yeah, I'm an idiot. It took me a while to, like, let that sink in. But it's true. And you're right. I think we are conditioned that other people are more important. And I think and I hope that it is something that is a generational thing that is dying out because just like you said, I was raised to believe that you grow up, you get married, you have children, you do this, you do that. Somebody will be there to protect you, which is why you need a man, quote, unquote, Um but that, I mean, I was raised by old Europeans, and that's what old mm-hmm. Europeans say, you know. So, like, can we stop telling women that so they can feel good about protecting themselves? And maybe, just maybe, in the next generation, there'll be, you know, fewer women. Ra- I mean, I don't know pretty much any, I, outside of a handful of women in my entire life, who have not been sexually assaulted, period. And it doesn't matter what you look like, and it doesn't matter if you have money, and it doesn't matter if you're tall, and it doesn't matter if you're short. It doesn't matter. Women are targets because they're female. Uh-huh. Back me up, Amy. Okay? Oh, my God, yes. So, um, whether it's, whether I have... permission. I, I'm, <laughs> I will write you a note. I am a notary. I will put a stamp on it that says you are allowed to protect yourself. You <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm laughing, but it's really true because, you know, the way I was taught, I needed someone to protect me. Like, I was not capable for whatever fucking reason, you know. Yeah. And it's weird because even the dynamic in my home, um, you know, I live with, uh, my spouse and my ch- one of my children, and you know my child is very. Both of my children are very. Well, you know, your mom and you're small, and my job is to protect you and make sure you're okay, which is a lovely sentiment. But I don't want them to feel like I'm helpless. So I'm assuming that some of the stuff in your book, even though I'm an older person without a lot of muscles. Um, actually, not any. I have no fucking muscles. Um, but there's stuff in your book that I'll be able to apply to my own protection, right? Yes. And not only that, I, I spent a number of years in a wheelchair. And the number of people who say, oh, well, if you're in trouble, you can just run away. No, I can't. I, I physically cannot run away from the from the threat. The way the laws are written here in Delaware, they want you to run away from the threat. Like, okay, that's great, but I cannot run. Not right. a lot of money. You can, <laughs> pay me a million dollars. I cannot physically run. So how does <laughs> My how are the laws supposed to protect me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there will be there will be there will be thoughts about um, wheelchair defense. I took um, as part of my black belt program. I was in a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair for. Uh, four months during my black belt program. So I, I went to class wow. in my wheelchair, and I, I got to learn how to defend myself in my wheelchair. Wow. And a lot of those, those same techniques work if you're carrying a firearm or you're, uh, you are, live in a state where you're allowed to carry a baton or a stun gun. People not knowing the difference between a stun gun and a taser just makes my skin crawl. <laughs> okay, can you um, explain the difference, please? Because I don't know it. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so, Thank you. tasers are very widely poo-pooed. Um, like in most states, the only people that are allowed to carry them are are police officers. It looks like a pistol, but it shoots two-pronged wires um, into the target and delivers an electric charge. 
supposed to be uh, the the solution. So many problems with this. One, there's no such thing as non-lethal. It doesn't exist. Uh, oh, really? When they say, oh, they're rubber bullets. They're non-lethal. Non-lethal doesn't exist. Less than lethal is as far as we can get because there's always going to be someone who has a heart defect that was undiagnosed or a rubber bullet enters someone's eye and goes into their brain and kills them. Like, there's no such thing as non-lethal. There's only less gotcha. than lethal. Okay, yeah. you have a, a fake gun that shoots electricity out of it. If one of those prongs misses, it's useless. You now have to rip it off of your, uh, off of your taser, reload the little cartridge yeah. on there. They're so wasteful. There's, it, usually they explode with a bunch of confetti with the serial number of the, of the company that made it so they can check and people aren't using them willy-nilly. Um, right. But if one of those prongs misses, you are SOL. You're, you just, you, one, you wasted your cartridge, and two, the guy now, know, has he, now knows you have a taser. Stun guns are the handheld with two fixed prongs, little, little jobs. Um, you can find them disguised mm-hmm. as cell phones. You can find them uh, flashlights and batons. You can find, you know, there's all sorts of catalogs that just sell self-defense tools. So the stun gun is fixed. The taser is the one that shoots something out. They operate mm-hmm. on opposite levels and opposite ideas. The stun gun, you have to get pretty close to somebody, and you have to make sure they're not wearing a heavy leather coat. You're not wearing a bunch of layers. They actually has to meet skin. The problem with that mm-hmm. being is if you're close enough to meet this this electric gadget with some skin is that you're close enough to be grabbed by the attacker who's attempting to do you bodily harm. If you hit them with a the stun gun while they're holding on to you, guess who also gets stunned? Oh, electricity does, that's not, not the just point. Because, <laughs> electricity doesn't know the difference between good guy and bad guy. It just says, here we are. So if you're holding on to the stun gun and they're holding on to you, you've now electrocuted both of you to the point where you fall down and are passed out because that's the only way you're going to be able to let go of that button with 100,000 volts coursing through your body, tensing every muscle you own. It's not fun, let me tell you that. Um, The only way you can let go of tasing yourself or stunning yourself is by (laughs) passing out and releasing the button. So... There's a, a bunch of, of things that are wrong with the problem is is I honestly think the the root of this problem goes back to the email chain letters from like the early two thousands or late nineties. And it's it's been forwarded five hundred times and it's got all the, the arrows and moved everything across and it says, Oh, carry your keys between your fingers and wear your hair in a ponytail and look where you're going because it was it comes from some cop. These chain letters are yeah. ridiculous. And all of this stuff is crap. Carrying your keys between your fingers will break your fingers. I, right. I just want to find every dude who tells their the woman in their life to say, oh, well, just carry these keys between your fingers. That's how you break your fingers. Yeah, I've been told that I can't even tell you how many times someone has said, oh, well, when you go outside, make sure you carry your, finger, your keys like this. And I'm like... First of all, have you seen how many keys I carry? I will break my own <laughs> hands first because I carry a lot of keys. I have building keys for the office. I have building keys for my home. I have keys to another property. I mean, I've got a lot of freaking keys. I've got keys for two cars. I mean, there's just a lot of shit on there that I need. So that doesn't work for me. Um, as far as pepper spray goes, I don't even know if that's legal to carry anymore. I have no idea what the law defines. So, yeah, all these little suggestions, it would be my luck. Listen, not for nothing, I once sprayed hairspray on my friggin' toothbrush. Not the brightest tool in the drawer in the morning. I'm just saying. <laughs> I need something kind of fucking foolproof because I'm not all there before my first cup of coffee, and I leave my house at 5 a.m. So, yeah. I need some help in this department. Yeah. <laughs> so let me give you the 30-second um, pepper spray class that I give. This is, you know, I, oh, thank you. I give a, sure. a two-hour, I give an eight-hour. Like, there's, there's huge things, but there's a couple things you need to do if you're going to carry pepper spray. One, when you go to buy pepper spray, buy two. Now, we're not just keeping the pepper spray companies in business here. You could, have, you could do something for me. 
The first one okay. you buy, take it outside away from pets, debris, neighbors, anything else, and spray it until it is empty. You need to know how yeah. far it sprays, how long it will spray, how far away from you it will spray with or without the wind right. blowing. You need to know how long it's going to take to empty the canister. All of these things are vitally oh. important to making sure that you're okay if you ever need to use it. Two, Ooh, when you get smart. the one that you're keeping, <laughs> when yeah. you get the one you're keeping, get a big old Sharpie and write the date two years from now on the back of that canister. If it's a good company, it'll already have an expiration date on it, but not all of them do. Uh, okay. Because the propellant in that canister is not magic. It does not, it's not going to stay around there forever. So after two years, oh. it will have dispersed to the point where it is dead canister, it is empty, throw it away and get another one. Uh, if you accidentally spray oh. it, so you, you, know, you grabbed it in your purse oh. and, and it went off, throw it away. It right. is no good. Just like a fire extinguisher, those little particulates get in the nozzle and let the propellant out and you, again, have a dead canister. So even if it's an accident, oh, we just, just made one little little noise, it's, it's yeah. gone. Throw it away. Wow. Uh, those, those little pepper blasters, they look like a tiny little red pistol and they shoot a, a paintball that's filled with pepper balls, like pepper gas. Uh, right. Those are okay, but they have a tendency to jam because you, you people throw them in the bottom of their bag. They're not carrying them properly, and they get all gunked up. They're not they're not great. Right. My favorite right. one is the Mace brand. It's it'll be a black canister, and it says UV dye on it, big letters, because when you have to spray this, when you have to use it to defend yourself, bad guy's gonna go, and they're gonna get a gallon of milk, and they're gonna pour it in their eyes, and they're gonna go home, and they're you know they're grumpy. Uh huh. But all that scrubbing still leaves behind the UV dye. So should the police encounter the person who attacked you, they can still prove that this was a person even if they scrubbed all the paint off, all the pepper spray off. That UV dye lasts uh-huh. a few days. It can it what? foams so it can get around glasses, which is very important if you're just using a, a nice fog. Glasses yeah. don't care. So absolutely get the this foaming stuff because it, it looks like a pumpkin exploded on someone's face. It just foams and it it gets in everywhere. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth—it's everywhere. Oh, I just wrote that down because now I got to go investigate that. Because <laughs> that's good to know. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, no. It's great. So, if you have asthma, I do not recommend pepper spray. Even the the wind changes the one little tiny bit, and you get a, even a whiff of that. Pepper, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to the hospital. Um, I have really bad asthma. I have ever since I was a kid, um, and pepper spray right. training was torture. Um, if you know anybody who has asthma, they have um, there. When you have a really bad reaction, your lungs start producing this clear fluid to try and get whatever this is in your lungs out, and so you feel like you're drowning. Don't use pepper spray. Find something that, that makes you feel safe. Find something that has, gives you the opportunity to protect yourself, but do not use pepper spray. Um, one of the other reasons we're using it outside is because there's the stream kind, but they also make fog. Don't use that in, inside a building. Uh, you'll, be fog, you'll be pepper spraying yourself as much as that guy. Wow. Use that outside if you, if you need to. And the most important one is if you're carrying it in your purse, you're not carrying it. There's no, there's no bad guy on the planet who's going to say, oh, oh, you have to wait till you dig in the bottom of your purse for five minutes and find this canister to make me angry. Like, I don't think so. So right. if, you, if you buy it and you carry it, actually carry it. It can be in your pocket yeah. with your hand on it, but action is always faster than reaction. Mm. What is the right, and you know, and that's another thing. I think a lot of the time, even if we're armed and we feel like we're prepared and ready, there is a freeze-up factor, is there not, that prevents you from actually, quote-unquote, pulling the trigger, as it were? There can be. So people, people know about fight or flight, but there's actually four reactions that all fall into those categories. There's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So fight and flight, they get all the, all the press. 
But the last two are the ones that are uh, a little bit more harder to recognize. So yeah. one of the things that happens is that, you know, we'll say bad guy jumps out of the bushes and screams boo, he wants, he wants all your money. Here's a gun in your face, I want all your money. And it's a very, very natural to react in the way where you just freeze, you go stupid and say, um, okay, <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely human. Anyone who judges you for being human is a jerk. We don't like. We don't hang out with jerks anyway. <laughs> Fawning yeah. is one of the reactions that gets probably the least amount of understanding and press. We'll say your brain tells you to defend the threat. If we're buddies, if if we're cool, then maybe I won't die horribly in the street. Wow. And this happens so often. And I honestly uh-huh. think part of that is part of the reason why uh, people have some of the reactions that they do now. It's like, okay, if this person is a threat to me, well, I guess they won't hurt me if they think that we're buddies. If they, if they think that I'm supporting them, they'll leave me alone. Uh-huh. That freeze and that fawn responses, we can train ourselves out of them. We can we can practice one of the things that we um, recommend you do. I'm a you know I'm a self defense instructor at this point and a firearms instructor and all the all the other instructor certifications. Uh, but one of the things you do is practice. Okay, how do I get practice getting robbed? No, we're not having you pretend to kick a dummy in the in the jimmies. Also, doesn't work. What we're doing right. is we're programming ourselves just like we we set up our phones and we set up our computers. We're telling our brains, if this happens, then I'll do this. And by going through those scenarios, by going through those things and telling your brain, okay, if, if this guy jumps out of the bushes, what do I do? Okay, I can kick him in the face or I can gouge him with my keys or I can whatever it is. You have a plan for how you'll react, and it makes it much more likely that you'll be able to. Um, I get a lot right. of people who say, oh, well, you're a lady, so – that gun's probably going to be taken away from you and used on you rather than you using it on someone else. And I get to explain to them with a little glint in my eye how much time and money and resources I've spent training to not have that happen. Right. So I, I genuinely, 1,000% think if someone feels that it's right for them to carry a firearm, just train with it. And that going to a range and shooting 25 rounds at a static target once every two years is not training. Go and find right. a fabulous instructor who has the opportunity to show you how to how to move, how to shoot, how to communicate, how to um, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. What happens if someone tries to take your firearm away from you? What are you going to do? And that's mm. the it, – it doesn't stop at, okay, I, I took a class so I can, I'm allowed to own a gun. Um, that's just the first step. Yeah. Just by taking it those classes. Like go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just by taking this classes, gonna, you get what I was the feeling. Say was, <laughs> you know, there's, there's more to it than just, like you're saying, there's more to it than just taking a class. There's a whole bunch of other things that go into it, like a mindset and an attitude and a game plan. Yeah. And you, you have to have all of these things in place, which is why I think this book is going to be a great help because – I don't even have a game plan. I don't even have a weapon. And now I'm interested in all of these things. Like I said, just a few hours ago, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. And it's something that I don't like having to think about, but it's absolutely necessary. I mean, look at the world we're living in. Look at the things that have happened to us just for kind of being female sometimes, you know, yeah. and it's not just women. I mean, young children need to know how to protect themselves. Gentlemen need to know how to protect themselves. I mean, it's something for, I think it's something for everybody, right? Yes. I mean, I, I spend so much time, I've, I've been an instructor for, a firearms instructor for 10 years now. And if I have someone that comes to me with, they've got a restraining order, they've got a protective order of whatever kind, I'll teach them for free. Like, I just want you to be safe. It's all I want in the whole world. Um, I volunteer with uh, a couple 
different operations that offer free training for um, LGBT community. Um, I am I am bisexual. I'm you know part of the fabulous rainbow that that is um, a sexual spectrum. Yes. And so being able to offer free training to someone who is worried that they're going to be a target because they're a member of minority religion, a member of minority sexuality, if they're um, scared to hold their their partner's hand for fear of being assaulted. Um, I had friends move in with me for about six months. They were down um, in Rehoboth, which is a a very well-known beach for hanging out with your, with a, uh, there's a lot of gay clubs. And yeah. so he was holding hands with his boyfriend and they were assaulted. It, um, guy broke his jaw in three places, had to have his jaw wired shut. So he moved in with me for six months just because he was holding hands with his boyfriend. Like this is the stuff that we deal with. And it's not, you know, the, the after school special, this is the real world. Right. I'm amazed that even now we're still having these battles. Yes. I mean, I got recruited by the the local Planned Parenthood to escort women because the, you know, the the people who normally stand outside with the anti-abortion signs were getting um, physically dangerous. Like I, they, they recruited me because I carry a firearm because they needed somebody who was able to, put in a, a presence in their escort. Yeah. And I feel so bad that any that any of this is needed. I know. It, it, we I just, I just put everybody to be safe. Time. I know. It, it, you know, you think that things are settled law and that we agree as a society that certain things are settled law. And apparently we haven't really agreed because all of this shit keeps happening. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, unfortunately, it is the case that, you know, minority religion, minority sexuality, however you want to put it, we're still highlighted in the spotlight in the crosshairs, however, you know, you need to gauge it. But the fact is, is that we're not as progressive a a country as we think we are. Some of us, I mean, not that there aren't individuals who are. Um, many of us are, but there are even some of our folks who are not uh, up to speed <laughs> on live and let live, um, which I find very disturbing and frightening. Um, but this is the world we're living in, and unfortunately, you know, certain things in our country have made it okay to be hateful and evil to each other. And it's very frightening and, and, and scary, but, you know, I'm hoping we gain, regain a sense of, I don't know, social decency, um, propriety. It's funny and, and sad and funny and then sad again. I I have yeah. a, a number of friends who have come to me and said, you know, I, I don't believe in guns. I think guns are bad. Um, I don't wish anybody had them, but I understand why you need them. Like, it's okay for you to do this. And I have to explain to them, like, I understand that you think that you're giving me a compliment, that you think that I have a good enough reason to need a firearm. But mm-hmm. I, <laughs> the fact that you think I need your permission to protect my own life says that we have a bigger problem. Right. Exactly. The number of people who have a genuine need is much bigger than you think. And people don't have the time, opportunity, or even the desire to explain to every person they meet why they might need to to use a firearm. I've gotten judged for more people than for protecting my life and for having gotten myself into this position, so to speak. I mean, how do you look someone in the face and tell them that, Someone who's threatening to murder them is their is their fault. Exactly. So. Exactly. And this goes back to the whole mind your fucking business situation that I have with people. Because, you know, I have friends with handicapped signs and you can't tell that they're handicapped the minute they get out of their car. But you know, mm-hmm. I have a friend who has a heart condition, and he could drop instantly from overexertion. Now, he doesn't look sick. 
why he is sick. And this is the kind of shit that really rankles me. You don't, it's not your, um, you should not have the right to decide uh, if somebody looks sick enough to you or looks like they need defending. If someone has a reason, they have a reason. I mean, there, there needs to go back to a time where we mind our own fucking business. Unless yeah. we're in danger, you know, and I feel I have, like if a woman is protecting herself, um, I trust that person because they went through classes, certainly more than the idiot who didn't go through classes and and thinks they're going to be able to protect themselves. I mean, there's there's got to be some kind of rational thought put behind it. I'm sorry. It just pisses me off because people just want to stick their nose in everything. Here in Delaware, it takes six months for the background checks that are involved to even see if they're going to allow you to uh, have a concealed carry license. Six months. So when I turned in my application to the, the courthouse, I went to the courthouse, I gave them my, my protection order, as well as all my applications, everything in triplicate. And the woman looks at me in my face and says, okay, I'll see you in six months. And my first thought is, how do I protect myself from a psychopath who has admitted in open court to the judge's face that he wants me dead? How do I right. get him to hold on for six months while I, while you see if I'm good enough to have this piece of paper? Mm-hmm. So and every time someone talks about stricter gun laws, strict more responsibility, oh, you should have to have insurance for a gun like you have for a car, I want you to think about the abused spouse who has been threatened within an inch of her life, who is now trying to figure out how to weigh, how to stop, how to keep from dying, and and yeah. telling her that a three-day waiting period is going to keep her safe while she's tr- looking to, you know, just live to see tomorrow. Every time someone thinks of yeah. something that's that sounds really good on paper, I want you to tell that mother of three who's been threatened with rape and murder that she can wait three days. Yeah. You know, I went back and forth on, on guns for a really long time. I've always been a supporter of guns. And then, you know, folks were like, well, because of all the gun violence, we need to curb laws. And every time there's a school shooting, I freak out. I admit it. I have kids. So I kind of lose my shit over that for a while. But, you know, yeah, having been an abused spouse, the day-to-day is you've got to be able to protect yourself. And just leaving isn't always viable. My abuser pursued me with two children. So I didn't have the luxury of, oh, just leave. You know, there was literally no place to go. My own family wouldn't take me in. So, yeah. I had to, like, do a 180 and then a 360 and then another 180 on guns. And I still support I still support the right to have guns, you know. I'm not saying that you need an arsenal. I'm saying if you are, you know, a reasonable person, um, you should at least have the right to take classes and own something that will make you feel protected. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? I mean, hunting for food, sure, but also against home invasion, and I'm short, and, you know, it could happen again to me, and I could be without a firearm and in mortal danger another time, and maybe next time, because I don't have a gun, I won't be able to see the next morning. So, yeah, it's all a consideration, you know, and yeah. I'm kind of back on my pro-gun thing. You know, listen, I mean, my own spouse was, is, has been anti-gun since day one. And then seeing how things have gone said, um, I'm going for a permit now. And I went, excuse me? <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> so, yeah, so even the most, you know, stringent, peace-loving, you know, you can be a peace-loving person and still own a gun because the world's crazy. Um, so try to... Yeah, because you own it doesn't mean you want to hurt someone. 
Right. I mean, sometimes you just need that little bit of security so you can sleep at night. You know, if I had had a firearm, I may not have used it on my ex-husband, but um, I'll tell you what, he would have thought twice before beating me again, I would like to think. So, yeah, I mean, you don't have to necessarily use it. But if you're there and you're, you're taught and you feel more comfortable and you feel like you can protect your family and you're not missing half a night of sleep because you're awake and scared, maybe that's viable. Maybe that's worth it. So, you know, I don't know what all the answers are. I mean, I know that, you know, there are groups of people that freak out on all sides of this argument. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you've got to do what's right for you. You know, just because someone has a gun doesn't mean their intention is to use it. You know, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And there are people, like I'm, a- and there are people who will tell you right out flat, "I am, I am passively suicidal. I should not own a firearm." Good, then don't. I don't. I, I, I will never say that everyone should own a gun. I don't think so. No, but I support your right too, if you if you need to, like if you want to. This is this is your right. Right. That's the point. The point is don't stop somebody else from doing what they need to do to protect themselves because you don't necessarily know everyone's story. Um, You know, I know that in the public arena now everybody thinks, well, you know, we can put all our information out there. Some of us still don't. (laughs) Just saying there are some things we don't all just discuss in the public forum. Um, so please try to be respectful of people's decisions as long as they're not hurting you, (laughs) you know, let folks do what they've got to do in a legal and as free as possible manner. I mean, I just think it makes sense. Listen, I'm not qualified to be the president either, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but but I'm smart. It's not like I, I mean, after the last fucking mess you know I think any one of us could probably do a better (laughs) job doesn't mean we should I'm just saying you know just because you can doesn't mean you have to or that you should but I think folks who are trained should own a firearm if they want to if you've taken all the steps to be a responsible gun owner then own the gun if you if you want to you know yep do I think we should beef up the the reporting for um, psychological absolutely when people go into um, inpatient facilities it's supposed to be reported to the federal government so that they can be kept safe but most places yeah. don't um, it's it's a it's not a perfect system I will be the first one to admit that yeah. So if we can beef it up, if we can make it safer, fantastic. I just don't yeah. like the idea of taking someone's rights away because it feels good. Okay, today it's, that feels good, but what about tomorrow when you need it? Yeah. Well, see, that's kind of how I like in the whole capital response thing. It's like, oh, you know, they want to do this and that to one party, and then all of a sudden the other party turned on itself, and everybody went, wait a minute. And it's like, you don't like that shit, do ya? Um, But (laughs) anyway, we are pretty much out of time. So, Amy, let's wrap up with you telling folks where they can find you and your products. And when your book is coming out and it's titled again, please. Sure. So you can check out my books at amyblackthorn.com. Always keep that updated. You can check out my tea, spell candles, uh, ritual oils, all that beautiful things at blackthornsbotanicals.com. You can find me on Instagram at Amy Blackthorn Author. And I'm a couple different pages on Facebook, Amy Blackthorn Author, uh, my tea shop page, and of course, Witchcraft Down and Dirty, which is nearing a quarter of a million likes at this point. So lots of fun there. The new book will be out either late this fall or early 2021, and that is Blackthorn's Protection Magic, The Green Witch's Guide to Self-Defense. Awesome. And we are going to um, have another conversation in the fall when that book comes out, so I'm pretty excited about that, which I will talk to you about in a few minutes. But anyway, once again, everybody, check out Amy Blackthorn, amazing woman, 
amazing author, amazing maker of wonderful things and mistress of teas, as I call her. Please check her out. Amy, thank you again for coming on, and I will talk to you in a few minutes. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. I am going to do an interview with Sarita Dieste. Um, I'm very excited about it. It's not going to be on Blog Talk Radio immediately. It is going to be recorded separately and then uploaded tomorrow afternoon. I'm very excited about it. I have not spoken to this lovely woman before. I'm I'm really psyched about it. I am going to have a co-host, a friend of mine. If you're, you've ever been to Mystic South, you might know who she is. But we will discuss that tomorrow. So there will be... Uh, an interview uploaded tomorrow, tomorrow evening from tomorrow afternoon. Okay, everybody have a great night. Thanks for hanging out. Talk to you soon.